Hey Matt, how's it going? It's going awesome. Peter, how are you? I'm good. I uh, just had my sister visit for the weekend, so uh, we had a lot of fun, even though it was very typical Scottish weather with a lot of rain. Um, yeah. We had fun. Nice. Um, before we get into the the meat of this episode, I, there's something I want to mention. Okay. Can we, just for like 10 seconds, just acknowledge that there are things that we can't mention on the podcast? That there can't be, like, honestly, it's, I think yeah. it's good to mention, there can be pretty big, substantial things going on with our businesses, mm-hmm. and obviously in our personal lives, but in our businesses as well, that we just can't, for different reasons, can't mention here. Yeah. And sometimes that's really frustrating. It is. It is. It would be such a better world if we could all just talk about everything, or would it? <laughs> maybe it would be worse, and that's why we can't. Um, and, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll add a little bit, which is um, there are some things you can talk about uh, at a hotel bar that you can't talk about on a podcast. So it just just really depends. Yes, and that's why people should come hang out with us at conferences and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like there's an open call. <laughs> Cool. Um, I have not had the most productive week ever. <laughs> not in terms of of like out me- measurable output, at least. I I feel you. I I told <laughs> I told Einer at the end of last week that I had the least productive developer week of my tiny seed um, experience so far. What did he say? He said it was understandable, just given <laughs> everything going on, um, that my maker would be very unproductive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I had my little tiny retreat thing last week uh, that I spoke about and I kind of thought that I would get back to work this week, but it just it was just like an avalanche of things that just kind of came off that of thoughts and ideas and people reaching out that <laughs> I had interesting discussions with and stuff like that. You might have been looking at the right things though. I mean, maybe that's the consolation is that <laughs> that actually is what you need to be figuring out. I think I have officially reached the point of the year where it's hard for me to really like start mm. new things. Yep. And yep. it's like, even though it's so silly, like the start of the new year is just such a great, you know, line in the sand. It is. And it's just, uh, it just makes, it just makes me kind of want to clean everything up and like get ready for the new year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I- so I think actually it's not the worst time <laughs> of the year to spend some time thinking through things. Yeah, uh, I love it for that reason. I love the weather. Actually, I'm here in Austin, so I have to say, like, some of the best weather probably in the world right now is here. I mean, it's high 60s, dry and sunny every day, um, yeah. which you can translate for me into Celsius, but it's just gorgeous. It's it's basically the best. And uh, that makes me want to just, like you said, clean, <laughs> Decor- <laughs> decorate, clean, organize. Like, my desk right now is the aftermath of an entire summer and fall of like heads down working on stuff i just kind of want to get everything in order i'm the same way like get everything in order kind of have a clean google doc and just pour out my thoughts about what i'm going to do next year oh man a clean google doc it kind of leads it naturally leads me into the first part of my update so i'm just going to go with it awesome (laughs) let's do it um pretend this is recorded on a friday because that's when we normally record yep (laughs) but it is it's monday because (laughs) of life um yeah so if this was friday i literally just finished the stripe migration yay (laughs) (laughs) it it went pretty smooth um 
But yeah, the reason I'm saying a, a clean Google Docs is because that's kind of like what I need to do now because I've had, um, you know, I've had all my metrics and everything messed up now by the migration. Mm. And so I kind of need to start from a clean slate of like trying to figure out how I do how I do this going forward. Because yeah. um, as I talked about last week, all my Stripe stuff for WP Pusher and Branch is now in the same Stripe account for complicated reasons um yeah but essentially because i'm running a stripe atlas u.s company as a non-us person yeah you're you're already a global startup i am (laughs) (laughs) i have such a crazy setup these days so (laughs) i have my holding company in denmark because that's how most startups do that in denmark because the taxes are pretty like that you just have to have a holding company if you have a startup in denmark that's okay basically how the tax system works and then the holding company owns a u.s company and then i get paid by the u.s company and pay income tax in the uk man it's not complicated at all no no not at all and uh i don't know what tax season is like for you but i'm uh, even with this small amount of complications, like I love the fact that for the last few years before Tiny Seed, I just had, you know, here's my W two, go online, do my taxes in twelve minutes, and done. Um, definitely going to be hiring someone to help me out this year. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. But I mean, I'm doing taxes in the U.S. for the first time ever, so I'm, mm. I'm, uh, well, looking forward. Maybe a generous term, but I'm, uh, I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah, that's that's not the exciting part of the new year, so we can just skip that for now. <laughs> no, actually, they should do that in December, so you could start the new year fresh. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't that be? Yeah, well, I don't know. That would kind of put a damper damper on the holidays a little bit. So, but um, but yeah, yeah, I am um, Thursday night. I got an email from Stripe that they uh, finally processed the migration. It caught me by surprise because you know it's been more than ten days, and it's like they're like quite a few different things I need to do on my end once they push the buttons. So it's like, you just send me an email like late in the evening that you did the migration. And now like, you're just basically, you're just expecting me to be on standby for 10 days to just like jump in whenever and do the things I need to do. Mm. Um, but like the, the main thing that I had to do was change. Like the most urgent thing was changing the, the checkout page because the, the problem would be if, if new customers sign up for the old stripe account right um so that's why that's the first thing i did and kind of like hooked everything up with the new stripe keys and that also means like setting up um whatever services you use to do invoices and all the different settings kind of needs to be the same and then i had my whole script uh prepared for how to Basically, what you need to do is you need to move or recreate all the subscriptions on the new Stripe account. Um, so basically, what you need to do is you need to export all the subscriptions from the old account and then write some sort of script that can do that. Okay. And it's it's really scary, honestly, like yeah, just that running would, a script like that. That would freak me out. I, I would be dry running that thing over and over again and just like looking at the... the I, I yeah. Would, yeah. It feels immutable to me. Like once you do it, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, yeah. trouble. There are a lot of things that can go wrong, honestly. So I obviously I tested it on uh, on the test account uh, before that, but it's just never the same as testing. No, it's it not in the real environment. Uh, <laughs> actually, Maya was standing right behind me when I was running the script the first time, mm. and and that was for for everyone on my personal plan, which is thirty nine bucks. Okay, <laughs> but I, so what I told him was, 
when I run this script, if I messed it up like really badly, instead of 39 bucks, they'll be charged 500 bucks because <laughs> that's the big plan. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and real data, man. I mean, once you start pushing real data through a, through a stream, you, you learn how good your code is then, you know? Yeah. yeah, so yeah. So it was sort of scary. And also you need to, um, you need to make sure Stripe don't charge them right away because, you know, if they're um, subscription is supposed to because it's yearly subscriptions for me so if their subscription is supposed to renew in july like charging them 200 bucks now would be pretty bad right yeah uh, so Man. um it looks like everything worked flawlessly that's incredible uh, i haven't noticed any errors and like all my automated stuff like i had some sapier stuff that sends them reminders um a week before the renewal of their plans and stuff like that. Yeah. That all seems to just be running smoothly now with a new account. You don't see any false um, false uh, emails or anything going out. And so far, so far it hey, looks like it's good. been going well. Great. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's just, it, it sucks with the metrics, right? So I think basically I need to build some sort of my own way to do the metrics now because I need product-based metrics because I have two products in Stripe now. Um, with different plans for each product, but I basically need you know different uh, metrics for branch and WP Pusher. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think I'll figure out something, and it's not like MI stage. It's it doesn't really matter if it's extremely accurate or if it's like. I just need to know like roughly how much I sold in a month and like where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's interesting. That's actually uh. Well, might be an area that Summit could help you at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to drive you into building yeah, that. That's right. Must need feature. Um, yeah. Well, I feel, I mean, it feels like you got a break. Uh, you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Had a bad, bad break, and then you had a positive break, and the fact at least it went yeah. you know, well, that's, I'm happy for you. Yeah. The only thing, like the last thing I haven't really figured out is um, everything, like all the emails from Stripe now are branded as, are branded as branch. So basically what I'm going to do now is I'm going to send an email to everyone on the WP Pusher email list and telling them that basically Branch, I haven't really announced that, but I'm going to tell them that Branch is now owning WP Pusher because Branch is like the overall company owning these two products. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why like they shouldn't be confused if they see the Branch company name mentioned somewhere. Um, I, I know they're very different, but like, oh man, the product marketing person in me wants to start talking about like the opportunity to <laughs> create like branch as the master brand and then have pusher be yeah. one thing and then yeah, this yeah, is yeah. another and like now if i have pusher it makes a lot of sense to be seeing you know the other solution anyway i'm yeah 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 <laughs> and it's a good ex- i mean it's a, just another excuse to tell people about branch i guess mm-hmm. um but yeah that sort of feels like a fresh start yeah. getting all that over with um so Absolutely. it's timely with the new years and stuff i mean we're talking about like it's the last day of december but it's i mean we we, we can't just go on uh, holidays now like we still need to yeah we still have a couple of weeks left yep not um, yet yeah and then so there's another thing that's going on which is kind of what i touched at when i said that there's stuff you can't mention there's another big thing um that's kind of been going on for a long time that's sort of done um so those like two things combined sort of gives me the feeling of a fresh start and it it helps me to like get back to work i think and focus on what needs to be done yeah (laughs) and so it's it feels good (laughs) yeah i i completely understand (laughs) yeah um so this week like maker wise 
the main thing I worked on was building out the block on uh, the branch website. So the thing is, I built it as a static website. I've talked about this a few times. And I really like that a lot. But building the blog, I'm just basically recreating WordPress, <laughs> which seems sort of stupid. Um, so I'm, I'm honestly, I'm debating going back to like a full blown WordPress site because uh, I, I want it all to be one site. I don't want to like have a block subdomain or something like that. Okay. Um, I'm not sure about it yet, um, but I think maybe it makes sense for me to have it as a WordPress project just to kind of like use branch for it as well. Feel the pain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's good. Um, yeah, I also last, um, last week, I think I talked about how I send out an email to everyone asking them why they haven't activated with branch or like how they why it didn't work out for them somehow. Mm -hmm. And, um, one person actually replied back that he, he said they desperately needed a CICD workflow and, you know, like with the whole mom thing or mom test thing, it's like, yeah, do you really desperately need it if you like, <laughs> right. Yeah. But whatever he said that, um, and he's using a hosting company, which I'm about to probably partner with in January. Um, so actually I asked them for a test account. And I'm going to do uh, a, basically, a, I want to do a tutorial for him. Um, but set, getting a test account from them and setting everything up in branch and kind of like dog fooding it and playing around with it, I realized that there's a lot of different things that I could do better. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to fix a few things and then I'm going to do a blog post and a screencast, first of all, just for him, <laughs> just see if I can get him activated. Mm. Um, and see if he de if he desperately needs a CICD solution. Um, I don't want to be in his way. I want to help him uh, be successful with that. Um, yeah. And then what I realized is I need to have these sorts of guides for all the hosting companies. Um, and it's sort of it's sort of like an easy thing to do. I mentioned um, a couple of episodes ago that I know a writer who has done a lot of writing for WordPress and that is interested in helping me out with uh, my documentation. Yeah. So basically what I just pitched him on was basically getting him on a retainer every month and then basically just crank out guides and tutorials for different hosting platforms and like different workflows. It's great. And then just be on a retainer. So every time I change something in the product, he can, you know, go back in and update the guides. So they're kind of up to date because it's not a one time thing add in the documentation, especially not this early on. Right. He sent me his uh, quotes already or his rates already. Um, so I think actually that's going to play out pretty nicely. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah I'm pretty excited good. about that. Yeah, that's that's great. It's really scalable. And yeah. Do you have documentation or anything for Summit or do people even really need that? Or uh, The closest things I have is just the two-minute video on the homepage and then I do have a README account where yeah. I have documentation on the, you know, the ability to push metrics into the API, and then I did, yeah. I did what I call the data model overview. Like there were some investors I was talking to specifically who were just like, I want to understand a level deeper, like what you're, what what are you working with data wise here? And I, I wrote that up for them, and that was helpful. I mean, I think it just deepened the understanding of a few key people that I am talking yeah. to, but it's not something that I'm socializing really. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think for me, it's really important because it seems like everyone really, especially at this point 
when the product is still like rough on the edges, needs documentation. Sure. I, and, I, yeah, I, I would love to, don't get me wrong, I'd love to have a lot yeah. more, I think, huge educational opportunity. Well, I think also developers like documentation. They like, you know, it's like the good old days when you were picking up a new programming language or yeah. technology and you sit, you know, with the documentation and you kind of go by it step by step and it's you, it's kind of nice. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's one more thing I want to mention, um, kind of like another really big <laughs> realization I had this week. And yeah. it's kind of like a few yeah. things that got me to it and realizing that setting it up in branch was more complicated than I would like it to be. Hmm. Um, especially when you compare to some of the hosting platforms that I already have integrations with. So Pantheon and WP Engine, like I had to look up quite a lot of documentation and do like trial and error to get it to work. And I built the tool. So like, that's just bad. Um, but yesterday I had a really good uh, conversation with Derek Reimer. Yeah. Um, I, I asked him about something uh, pricing related because we both have like a similar you know, model with freemium and then on a, on a paid plan of like with usage basically. Um, but he asked me about my positioning for branch and, uh, it's something I've talked about here in the, on the podcast, which is what he, uh, he referred to. And he was basically asking where I, where I was with that. Um, and the thing is for a while, I've kind of like wanted to move away from the CICD positioning and he was curious or maybe also a little skeptical of the CICD positioning for branch Hmm. but we had a really good conversation about like where the value is in branch and like what people use it for and who's the right uh, who's a target user and um, it it made me realize a few things Um, most of it is something I've already thought about or talked to people about but it's just it's just been a while since I really thought about it or talked to people about it. So it was nice that Derek asked about it and reached out. Um, Yeah. But the thing the kind of like the thing I realized is that I think this whole like incremental improvements thing, I've kind of messed it up, I think. Hmm. And um, it's very much related to product market fit and uh, some of the stuff we talked about, especially in the last episode. But in um in our little slack conversation before we started recording i send you uh, an image um i'm just assuming you've seen it before yes um so it's basically i think it's from spotify and it's basically there it's like a, a their way to explain uh, what a, a minimum viable product is um and basically so they have a good example and a bad example and i think most people have seen it but i'm just going to try to explain it anyways yeah yeah um, so the bad example is basically step number one in their, this product journey is just a wheel. They're eventually they're going to build a car, right? But the first step is just a wheel. So the <laughs> customer is is unhappy at this point because what are they going to use a wheel for? Sure. Yeah. So basically, step number two is they have two wheels attached to each other, maybe four, but we can we can only see two of them because it's it's two dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, the the customer is still unhappy, right? Because <laughs> What are they going to use two wheels attached to each other for? Yep, yep. Um, step number three is just like basically an empty shell of a car, I think, or like a half car or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
customer is still unhappy. Uh, and then step number four is, is an actual car and then the customer is happy, right? So, yep, yep, yep. Um, the good example is first step number one is a skateboard. So it's just like a very simple product, um, four wheels and like a piece of wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> step number two is like a little scooter. So it's basically just a skateboard with like a steering thing attached to it, right? Mm-hmm. Step number three is a bicycle. Step number four is a motorbike. And the whole time the customer is happy, right? Because they're getting an actual product that they can use to get from A to B and you know right, get right. value from. And then step number five is a car. Yep. And when I'm looking at this picture now, I'm realizing that this is not really what I have with branch right now. Like I'm worried I have like a half a half car essentially. <laughs> and it's making me I don't have an answer or like a solution for how to fix it right now, but it's making making me think a lot. Yeah. I think what I'm doing with the integrations is getting me closer to the good product journey where I'm basically trying to solve a smaller use case. Right. But this was what like this is what Derek was trying to push me to basically realize yesterday I think is basically what's like a what's the most like core value thing you can solve for people and like where where are they most f- frustrated and how can you help that frustration go away um and just be way more not niche necessarily but just like way more focused on like a specific thing which would also sharpen my positioning mm-hmm. um yeah this is kind of like this is where i'm at right now like literally half an hour before we recorded is when i I looked at, I, f- I found this picture because I remembered it. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just like, it's kind of like a rough thing to realize, but I just think like the only way to move forward is realizing that and kind of like start to do something, something about it. Right, right, right. Yeah. This one, this one, this one stirs up a lot of thoughts for me. I, yeah. Yeah. I, so, if you think about it, first I'll be constructive and I'll like build on top of that. So what basically the the don't do this, the wheel, two wheels and a chassis and then a body and then the car. Um, you know, I agree. Like if the person needs a car, they're not going to be happy until it's a car. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what you, a good example of that is actually Derek with Level, right? Mm-hmm. Derek with Level was, actually needed to build a Slack competitor and without a mobile app and without, you know, some very scalable, you know, amazing features, who knows what the emojis, Giphy integration, like 12 other integrations, so many things you need, right? Like yeah. uh, Slack is a very large product. Like yeah. you can't, you can't sell one, two or three, right? You need to get to four before someone's happy. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> here, here's the thing. Like if you actually, and this actually is going to be really hard to see if you don't have the chart. So we'll link it in the show notes, but the first level of this is really a production line, right? It's the yeah. assembly of a finished product. And if you took that and you rotated it 90 degrees, actually the skateboard, the scooter, the bicycle, the motorbike, <laughs> and the car, they yeah. all have production lines, right? They, they all have assembly, right? Mm-hmm. And if your customer wants a skateboard and you hand them skateboard wheels they're also not going to be happy, right? Nope. So, you know, you you what this is really saying is don't s- try to sell them 
a product that isn't a finished delivery of what they expected, right? It's like if I'm expecting a truck to haul around my big Christmas tree, I'm not going to be happy with a skateboard either, right? No, no. So, but, but, you know, understanding your customer is a, yeah, I'm, I'm in, maybe I'm in a, a setting where I just need a way to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Then actually one, one, two, three, four, and five, they're all viable solutions to my transportation problem, right? I, I yeah, could yeah. consider accepting a, a, a skateboard or this or that. And, you know, it, it, let's put it this way. If you have somebody who's willing to accept a skateboard, and you're slaving away to build a car, you're also making a big mistake. And like, that's where you've wasted a lot of time by overcomplicating the product and like doing more than they really needed you to do. Like you could have, you really could have simplified. Um, that's but it's just a lot of different dimensions to this. And it, it literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's sort of, I think the way I've seen it is basically a product journey. And I think now that you are talking about it, that might just be, wrong right it might not be a product journey and may i mean the the main point probably just is like you can't just sell people two wheels on this obviously they need two wheels but you can sell them a skateboard Mm -hmm. or like a scooter that's right which is more advanced or a bicycle right (laughs) right or a car like you you have to know yeah you have to you know to me this is basically saying know thy customer yeah, and give them some full give them some full solution to something, right? Like, yeah. my son wants a skateboard. You know, segment and sell him a skateboard. My wife wants, you know, the car. Sell her yeah. the car. Trying to sell both or one or the other. Like, I, I think it's just this is really just about building a finished, delivering a full solution to someone. Right is the key. Yeah, and like Elon Musk with SpaceX. Like he has to build all the components and assemble a full rocket that really works and doesn't blow up and like gets you to the thing. Like, you know, you could argue like, were there skateboards along the way to what he's doing? Kind of. But like the first step was kind of a high bar, right? Like some businesses have a high bar for the first steps and other ones have a low bar. And I, I think Honda... I'll use a very literal example, like Honda Motor Corporation actually started out selling motor uh, selling motors for bicycles. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now they make now they make private airplanes, like jet airplanes, you know, um, among many other things. So <laughs> so you can build a company that started yeah, out with one of these. Yeah, that's more like the stair stepping approach, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's the um, starting out. Let me go ahead. Let me tell you why I thought about this picture in the first place. Yep. Um, so basically, yesterday. In my conversation with Derek, he said something about, yeah, this is, you know, SaaS is hard or whatever, something like that. Um, and I was like, yeah, I just, I didn't expect Branch to be this hard to build um, and to get off the ground. And with WP Pusher, it was much easier. Like I, so what I told him is I, I with Branch, I expected the first thousand dollars MRR to be quite easy, honestly. And that might be super naive, but basically like in my mind, you know, a thousand bucks a month is like you just go out, you get 10 people to pay you a hundred bucks a month. And I mean, if you sell them, if you do actual sales work, it shouldn't be too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in reality, it's just been, turned out to be really hard and like a lot harder than I thought. And with WP Pusher getting to a thousand dollars MRR, just I just don't remember it 
to be super difficult. It's just sort of, you know, in the first few weeks, I had a few sales here and there, and it. I was surprised even that I got the first few sales because it was people I hadn't even spoken to ever. Mm-hmm. And getting to the first $1,000 just sort of like happened by itself within the first year. Um, and I didn't have to do super much to do it. And so obviously, it's just been thinking about why that was and why it was so easy. And I think WP Pusher is probably a really nice skateboard and branch is like, sort of crappy car right now like for a lot of people <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and that just that might be the the reason why <laughs> yeah yeah uh how did you get pusher to market w pusher to market like how did people buy it how did they find yeah. out about it uh, that's a whole nother story not not like the full story but like literally where did they go to buy it? they came to yeah. your website and traditionally you buy wordpress plugins like you found the free version on the marketplace or like the, the plugin directory. Mm-hmm. And then usually people have like a way for you inside the plugin to upgrade. Okay. So, um, so is that what you did? No. Because <laughs> WP Pusher is banned from the plugin directory. So it was there for five days um, and then it was banned because they realized that they thought it was against their terms. Um, huh. It's a long story. Okay, um, okay. I'm All right. Ta- tell it here. That's but fine, basically but, yeah. the mm-hmm. way... So nothing happened for a month after that. And I was kind of like freaking out about it. And then someone, somehow the WP Tavern, which is like uh, one of the most popular WordPress news site, found out about it and they wrote an article about it. And that's like, I just think of that as the day I launched. So I woke up and I had like a thousand people come to the website and I started getting sales and stuff like that. And for the first year, that was like a big part of my traffic came from that blog post. Okay, got it. Um, so super random, sort of just like kind of happened because um, people just really liked it and it was sort of easy to get started with. And yeah, but then, you know, getting past those first few plateaus was really hard and I never managed to get to more than where it's basically been at for three years, almost two or three years. Yeah, I mean, and, and this I think this gets at like why you want to build a car now is that yeah skateboards are great but yeah. you know selling skateboards is a very small market compared to selling cars. Yeah. Um, you know the price the price tag is one thing but like you're like oh yeah. but millions of people skateboard it's like yeah it's true but like there's <laughs> Who's also the Elon Musk of skateboards. <laughs> that's right. I mean Tony Hawk of course but like <laughs> But um you want to go after this bigger market. I mean, but the thing is buying a car is such a heavier decision. It um, sucks, right? <laughs> and it's the, the bar is a lot higher and you know, people don't just buy them on a whim. Like I download apps all the time on my phone that I use three times and then stop using because they're not that important to me. Yeah. But you know, a CICD solution, let's just call it that for a second is uh, obviously a much bigger decision. And yeah. I think that gets at the jobs to be done framework, which um, I really like about there's forces that keep you doing what you're doing now. And then there's forces that are pushing you to change. Right. Yeah. And I think, is it possible with branch that, well, it, I think that's what you're seeing, right? Is that it, the forces keeping them in place are, are for most people are stronger than the forces compelling them to change and adopt branch. That must be, yeah, it, it, it kind of has to be that true. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and I think honestly, it's also I think Derek is right that it has something to do with uh, positioning. Mm. 
because the right positioning would basically would make it easier for people to understand if it was for them or not. And it would make it easier for me to build the right thing for those people, right? Right. Can I mention one more thing? Yeah. Um, we've kind of decided that it's okay for us to just rant about things for an hour now. So <laughs> go. Yeah, go. <laughs> so there's another podcast I listened to about product market fit besides uh, the LP show, which I mentioned last time. And it's a new one by, um, what's his name? Mike Mables or something like that. Mike Mables, yeah. Guy. Yep. Yeah. And he has Andy Radcliffe on, who's basically the inventor of the term product market fit. And um, so I, I, I listened to the episode twice because it's really good. So I, I recommend everyone listen to it. Um, one of the things he says is, is just like if, if they aren't screaming, you you haven't found product market fit. And I think that's good to remember. <laughs> hmm. He he has a framework for product market fit, which is like a, a, like a, f- a matrix of um, four things. And it's um, you can either be right, you can be wrong, you can be uh, consensus, and you can be non-consensus. Yep. Um, so basically, like if you're right, doesn't um, if you're if you're wrong, sorry, it doesn't matter, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but you can also be right and consensus, and it also doesn't matter because you don't di- differentiate in any way. You can also be right and non-consensus, and and still it doesn't work out. But he says like you have to be in that corner of the matrix um, to have any chance at all. Because yep. he's saying you can't serve the desperate with a consensus-driven business. Because if they were satisfied by whatever the consensus is, they wouldn't be desperate. Mm. Um, so I like that a lot, and it's sort of like all these different things with like my positioning talk with Derek, and like you know the experience with like trying to use branch myself and being frustrated about stuff because it's maybe like too general purpose, and like him talking about how you need to be non-consensus versus consensus is like all these different it's sort of like inputs i've had in my week yeah um the final thing he said that i think is really important is he says you when you pivot there are different things of course that you can pivot um but he's saying your like your core tech or your core idea of whatever for me you know that's the this the built engine in branch right the ability to build your code and push it somewhere deploy it essentially mm-hmm. um that's the part you shouldn't pivot um because as you if you do that you're just starting over right it's not a pivot because uh, when you do a pivot you have your pivot foot on the ground um but um your positioning so he's saying um, you shouldn't pivot the what, but the who and the how is what you should pivot. Is what he's saying. It's good. So the positioning, the marketing, that those are the the things you 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 should pivot. Yep. And I think yep. that's basically where I'm at right now. Is I need to figure out the who and the how. <laughs> mm. And if I find out that it'll be easier for me to f- basically make sure that the right people hear about the product but also have a great experience in the product i know this is sort of like late for me to realize <laughs> um but i think it's just like i i knew it the whole time but it's just sort of like not really manifested in so- itself in the past maybe six months in what i've been building i think i've tried to do it with the integration partners but i'm too reliant on other people to <laughs> help me out on those um yeah does that sort of make sense there's a long rambling <laughs> I think I think so. Um, you're getting to know your customer, your prospect, your your segmenting even further maybe than you did before. Where it's 
what is it that I really have here? And like, there's so much technology that's great that doesn't find a way to market. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, this, <laughs> I'll give you a little detour. In 2006, I developed, you know, an interactive weather mapping technology that was literally 10 years ahead of its time in terms of the experience it provided. Yeah. And I could only get a couple dozen people to use it on any given day because nobody knew about it. And, and, and I could tell people manually, like one at a time, hey, try this out. And they might. But like, but until I got it distributed and by distribution, I don't mean syndication, like, oh, it's out, it's in the podcast, you know, library search in, in iTunes. But like, if you can figure out a way to actually get your product in to that point in time where people really need it and others don't realize how much they need it, you know, like then magic starts to happen. But that requires like a ton of, just requires a ton of focus. Like you, you, you really have to drill in so far. And maybe that is the skateboard that we're talking about is like not going after a direct competition with something like Travis right now doing it differently. I, I'm rambling too. Like these are, there are no easy solutions to this stuff. Yeah. And so that's what I'm kind of saying is like, I agree with what you're saying at the same time. What it makes me think of is like a great product. You know, it's a tree falling in the woods problem. It's the great product that nobody knows about. It's the technology, but not applied to the right things. Like you're, you're really close. Like you have something that yeah. is better, but like, how do you get it? How do you get it to deliver that value to people on a daily basis? You know, that's that, that, that's the hard thing. Yeah. <laughs> the eye-opening part for me was essentially for like, so basically when things aren't working the way you want them to work, it's easy just to like think, oh, it'd be easier if I had another product. It'd be easier if I did something completely different, uh, if I just gave this up or whatever. But the thing I'm realizing with what Andy Radcliffe is saying is, I have a really awesome technology that I believe is much better than what other people can offer. But it's just sort of like it's not presented in the right way. And instead of just building something else and potentially having the same problem, like I need to find a way to take what I have and basically make it maybe a little smaller and like for a tighter audience maybe. Mm -hmm. And... I think that's what I'm doing with the integrations, but still like maybe I just need like, I think like in reality, I probably just need like one of them to work out for this to start becoming a successful product. Um, just the problem with the integrations is I'm super reliant on the hosting companies also like to do their part. Um, but I think I need to like carve, I, I, I need to carve out a path in the product for as you know, a, a defined user and then make sure that that path is really nice and has really great views and feels really good. If that makes sense. It does. It does. I mean, this is, this is the hard stuff. You, there's, <laughs> there's a lot happening right now that we're dealing with that even in SAS 10 years ago, wasn't the case. Like, it, you know, it was, a little bit more direct than in terms of monetization of the value that you create. Like you have a great technology, people want it, 
you you know, we used to just sell it at the store in a box shrink wrapped and there's a price tag on it and like people buy it and they expect to do that and take it home and install it. Like we're way beyond that. But now yeah. I think we're now I think we're we're like another leap beyond the original sort of SaaS wave where it's like, that's great, there's technology, but like what is technology what is that worth? Like you're you're basically hitting a willingness to pay challenge, right? And a adoption mm. challenge. Do you think it's more than it's more an adoption challenge? And I think, well, they're not going to pay if they don't adopt it. I mean, I think, that's yes, the thing. Like, I think right. Yeah, I I think probably a lot of people they don't understand maybe the branch is for them, mm-hmm. and then it seems like also like quite a few people sign up and then realize once they get into the tool that or like you know they 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 see the product and they think to themselves, oh maybe this isn't for me. It doesn't look like it's made for me. <laughs> it mm. doesn't have like the words that I use in my life or in my work or. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I've been there. <laughs> like have you've shown branch to some people I'm guessing, and you believe deeply that this is for them, but the reaction you're getting, has anybody explicitly said like, I don't think this is for me or are you just judging by their behavior? I'm judging by their behavior. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that is really hard to know. How did your questioning of people who didn't adopt it yet go? Can you remind me, like the people that got back? Yeah, it it was more. Most of the answers were basically people like oh, we haven't we haven't had a essentially like good excuse to start using it or like a new project coming up or right. Um, yeah, so essentially they're saying we haven't prioritized it because it's not. Yeah. exciting enough or important enough <laughs> right right like people have they have an acceptable way of doing stuff already and you're coming yeah. in and saying there is a better way how do you get people to do things in a better way like that is yeah. that's a pretty big change right and yeah i think um i'm telling myself that i'm thinking about the right things <laughs> mm-hmm. and it feels like i'm i'm getting more understanding about like what i need to do um and it's not like everything is up in the air like i mean i still have people i talk to that are like maybe like potentially can become like paying customers and stuff like that because they are a good fit for what's already in there um but just like thinking a little bigger and like, how can I make this? Basically, I guess what I'm trying to do is making it easier for me mm. to get this off the ground because it's really hard right now. And it, it it seems like it's a little bit too hard. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to lift a very wide, <laughs> you know, thing and hoist it over your head. And it's like, okay, yeah. may- maybe I need a lighter, lighter initial, you know, beachhead or, you know, tar- yeah. target. Um that's what I'm thinking, at least. Hmm. Okay, but that's a lot of talk about branch. Almost 45 minutes. No, I'm sorry about that. No, it's what, good, man. What's your product called again? <laughs> it's um, I'm yeah, Summit. Summit. It's this, it's this thing. Use Summit.com. We, 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 yeah, um, I talked a lot too. That, that, that's fine. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the things I wish I could. I love talking about this with you. I wish I could get. I wish I knew the answer right. And I think what's at least nice about this chat we just had is like you're reaching into the gray fog or soup or whatever and just like this is the this is the hardest part i think because you're like man i'm trying to solve this multivariable thing 
and I'm not, I feel like these ones are probably pretty close to being right, but maybe I need to adjust this. And I mean, this is the hardest part. Like this is the, everything you working is the next step. <laughs> you know what I thought this week? I had a thought like, what if I just keep, let's just say that I keep my technology, you know, the core like workings of my product. What if I just like, maybe just as a thought experiment in the beginning, but what if I just, because I feel like I've learned a lot in the past year, um, working on this thing, being in tiny seat, talking to you and a lot of other people. What if I just like thought about how I would start branch over? Like, what if I just started from scratch, but I had the product, I had the technology, what would it, what, how would I do it? Yeah. And that's been really interesting to kind of like start to think about that. Like, what if I just started over? Like, there's like no one can tell me not to do that think about that man you, you definitely you definitely have the time like i <laughs> yeah like I, what if there's a way to start this over and just find a way that's maybe just you know less hard <laughs> yeah yeah find the avenue you want to go really deep on and use all the assets that you, you already have as like oh cool i get to start here like i get to start yeah. with with this um, yeah, yeah, that's a huge it's, advantage. <laughs> you know, instead of starting with a new product, and like one of the things I would love about Branch is the branding of it. I love my logo. I love the name. Mm. So I love telling people about my company, Branch, and like the startup I work on. And I don't want to give that up. And I, I, I love like the technology of like CI/CD and you know Linux servers and Docker mm-hmm. containers and stuff like that. I, I want to work on that, but maybe just like maybe there's something about the model i've chosen right now or the way i go about things that just like make i'm just making it harder on myself and maybe there's a way to just kind of start over a little bit i don't know it was just an idea i had just a thought (laughs) it's yeah i mean i i that's how some of the largest successes have happened because that that is actually how you get side get outside of the consensus like i think um i hate to even mention this because it's such you know whatever, an exception to the rule, but like we're talking about exceptions to the rule. That's the point of being not consensus. <laughs> like how do you break out the heuristic? Like, you know, a search, searching the internet was not considered to be a way to make, like it was a great technology, but it had no business model, you know, or the only business model that existed was like charging for it somehow or having banner ads. And like Google really struggled at first to monetize at all, right? They were like, we have this thing that can search documents. Like we'll sell it as a <laughs> server that you put in your in your company and it searches your intranet and it helps you find documents that are related to the topic you're searching for. Like, wow. <laughs> like that was a thing. Like you wasted time on that? Like, yes, because it was like clearly this is how we need to apply this technology is helping people search documents, right? And then it's like searching the web and like, I mean, nothing worked or made any sense until they figured out the monetization. And it was ended up being obviously very orthogonal to what they were doing, and and they ended up giving stuff away, very counter to the not, you know the general advice and counsel of the bootstrapper indie bootstrapper communities. Like, yeah. wait, you're going to give away the technology part? But like, <laughs> that's not. I mean, sometimes that unlocks it unlocks things when you just go, you know, break with some break some assumption that you have and just try it out mentally for a while. I think that's what I'm trying to say is like break some assumption in your mind and just see where it goes, you know? I think your point from last week's episode, which was very well received, actually, Uh, got a lot of feedback on that one. Mm. Um, Your 
comment about how you a lot of bootstrappers just kind of end up building heavy companies and just like kind of like accepts that yep um where with like a funded startup or vc funded startup someone would tell them this this is not this is not what we this is not a success story like this is not what you should build right like and we don't expect you to run this like you you built the wrong thing and we don't expect you to run and maintain this thing yes Um, whereas with a lot of bootstrappers they kind of just accept that because you know they get attached to 10k mrr which of course they do because it's their salary Mm -hmm. um but a vc funded startup wouldn't get attached to 10k mrr yeah um, because it it wouldn't be a signal of success to them no, right. They, I, I think that's yeah. worth keeping in mind. And like, if yeah. Brains is really hard right now, like maybe it'll keep being hard if I don't change something fundamental about it. You need to know what your summit there. I found a way to, to bring in the name, <laughs> what it looks like, right? Like for you, if, you know, going to Mars is the goal, you're not going to be content with, you know, building a scooter, right? Or you're not going to be content with building a, a bottle rocket, right? Like you actually do want to build the thing. And and that's not necessarily go to Mars SpaceX level thing, but it, it's more than a skateboard perhaps. And I think it is, th- think about this. Like if you end up building a skateboard shop and you're building skateboards by hand and sanding them and painting them and everything else, that might be a great business and maybe... That's, that could be a great business, but you might get bored with it, actually. Like, you might not want to run it before you know it. And maybe that's okay, too. But I will say there's a lot. It's not an easy transition to go from being a skateboard shop to a motorcycle company. Like, those are very different. Like, you, you, you're you not going to be able to take the person that that wrenches the, the, you know, the bearings onto the skateboard. I'm confusing my words. But, like, you're not going to take that person and say, like, start assembling you know, like exhaust valves or whatever for a motorcycle, like it's a different business. So like there is a trap in thinking that you can just build one thing and then do another. Like, let me give you an example. You had WP Pusher. Why didn't you just evolve WP Pusher into Branch? Because Yeah, because I fundamentally <laughs> didn't believe that was possible. Right. You, your skateboard couldn't just evolve into Branch or, or it could, but it would have been really really ugly like really <laughs> which is which is why i'm skeptical when people say that i should sell branch to wp pusher customers because maybe bringing in those customers <laughs> will recreate the same problem that i had with them yeah i mean it, ultimately i don't think great products do somewhat evolve but there's a lot of you know sort of uh you end up with some pretty nasty stuff too. Like I, I, I yeah. don't, I don't, I think if you have the luxury of designing something from the ground up better, you weren't going to evolve. I mean, now let's just start dropping bombs. Like you wouldn't, you weren't going to evolve SpaceX from NASA, right? You weren't going to evolve, you know, some of these new full stack ways of doing things out of, you know, like Remax didn't come up with Zillow or Open Door. Like at some point, what you're basically saying is, if you're if you're drinking the Kool Aid of guys like Mike Maples, what you're actually saying is like. I want to build something that is transformational in my maybe my my vertical, my space, my industry. And it's very unlikely that you're going to like step stone your way there by this like incremental evolutionary process because a lot of evolved things don't end up these glorious humans. They end up like 
catfish and you know bugs and like you, you don't and, necessarily end up with an amazing thing like if you're you know what i mean like and yeah. radcliffe said he didn't believe in incremental stuff and he said that he doesn't believe and he like he's a very smart guy he's one of the founders of wealthfront as well i think uh-huh. and um he said that he he doesn't think that everyone should follow the lean startup and he said that there's a r- very big risk when you do that and when you you build a little thing and then you ask your customers and then you build whatever they tell you the problem is when you do that you're most likely going consensus yep exactly and then what are you actually aiming towards so he's that's why he's saying like you should keep your your core insight or like your your technology is that you came up with that no one else can do um you should keep that and then you should just find the right people to buy it or you should start from scratch yeah. so like if you're instagram you just realize that you're doing bourbon and it's not working out so you just start from scratch with something else i mean it's still pictures that there's still pictures involved but it's essentially a completely new thing right yeah no, they, they started over all instagram out of bourbon that's they right didn't incrementally get to instagram no they didn't they didn't and slack no, slack did stopped. not that's right yeah they stopped and they worked on it for a year and then they started again right and slack did not evolve out of the game that they were making uh glitch no right it's like glitch shut down they took the creative energy the realization that people wanted these delicious fun gorgeous things and put it into a ugly ugly space and like the contrarian view there was people will be drawn to using a chat tool online just because it's a joy to use and it's not doesn't look like irc and it doesn't look like skype yeah and they were right like it became the gorgeous cool thing to use and it was fun and like that was the contrarian thing so yeah I, what's the contrarian thing to- about yeah, branch. I need yeah. to find the people in WordPress that are really unhappy with the state of affairs. <laughs> yes, and willing to pay me to solve it for them. Yep. I mean, it's it's very similar with Summit. Like right now, if I were if I chose to listen to people who have a lot of financial experience, who are maybe VCs or who are accountants or CFOs or whatever, like if those were my north star, yeah, I would be drawn into competing with QuickBooks or some other tool that yeah. already exists, I'd be in a features battle as a one-man company with a bunch of giant teams. And like, that can work, I guess, but I don't I don't want to do that. Like, I, I want to do something that non-consumers are excited to use and suddenly they start using it. And I think the non-consumption market is often 10 times to 100 times bigger than the consumption market. And sometimes mm-hmm. all you need is the I mean, sometimes the people who are already consuming your products or that that kind of product, they may actually think that the thing, that other thing, the new thing that you're doing is kind of stupid or a toy or, you know, not, that's not a real whatever, right? But then that actually becomes the real, like, it's like, that's not a real photo editing tool. It's like, yeah, but it's really cool and it's fast and it works and it's, yeah. it's, it's really fun. And I, 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 it makes my photos look really interesting. It's like, yeah, you know. I, I just love so man. Do you, do you know what that is? Yeah. <laughs> crossing that? the crossing the chasm because it's basically mm. it starts with you know an, like a non consensus product and you're contrarian and you find people that are really excited and then you know they're the early adopters. That's right. That's right. People who aren't doing X yet, but maybe could be should be. And I will say like Peloton to me. If we want to just grab another 
headliner company, like they have built a brand or whatever where I know people who who cycle a lot and like that's not necessarily their target customer, their early adopter. Like their early adopter is like, hey, you know, you're like a hardcore cyclist is going to look at a Peloton machine and be like, it's way too expensive. It's overpaying for whatever. I don't need that, whatever. But it's like, you know, but an exercise bike that has a subscription attached to it is a fantastic business. And it turned out there's like millions of people who are willing to yeah. pay for one of those things. But you weren't going to hear that from like cyclists, right? Nope. Or, or, or people who already exercise a lot. <laughs> you <Nope. know? laughs> so go figure. That's a very good point, man. <laughs> you know uh, what's good about recording this on a Monday instead of Friday? So you'll only have to wait five days before you get to give your update because we won't have time for it today. I'm totally fine with that, man. I, <laughs> I appreciate letting me. I, I, I love this, by the way. And if um, anybody's listening, my DMs are open. I, I, I love talking about other people's startups. So anytime, <laughs> awesome, man. man. Yeah. Yeah. This was a good chat, but uh, let's uh, let's call it off here. Sounds great. Cool, man. Enjoy your week. You too. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.